Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. Scene 9, Matthew 5 and 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, because they shall be called, shall be called the son of God. You know, in a world that is ugly, And there's violence and hatred all over. God sends us peace. And he commands us to be peacemakers. And certainly we need this to peacemakers. And we're we're not even given a choice in the world that we're living in right now. And as bad as things may be. We only get this one world. And if we're going to be true to God, we must be peacemakers. So occasionally my children, they like to squabble and bicker. And I'll step in and exercise my authority to bring all this conflict to an end. Now, what they don't realize is that I come from a family, uh, two siblings that grew up in the house, but I had a slew of cousins. Now, I try to press, press upon my kids that they need to go ahead and make peace with one another, or I'm going to unleash my wrath upon them. And there's no doubt to my victory, Okay. So I know a thing or two about a family brawl. But what I went through and what they're doing is really like blowing kisses to one another compared to the battles that I've fought coming up as a child. And in Matthew 9, 5 and 9, Jesus describes a family that doesn't fight. They are peacemakers. And in a way, they actually are fighting against, they're they're actually, their fight is actually against fighting. Unlike peace by force that that I impose upon my children, the peacemakers don't muscle their way through peace. They make it. They encounter conflict with the creation of peace. In a world with clenched fists and raised voices, where conflict of every kind from inner office conflicts and inner office politics and threats of nuclear war, the peacemakers can make a difference. First thing I want to do is kind of debunk two or three things about peacemakers. Okay. First thing, it is not the absence of conflict. Peace in the Bible is never to be confused with pacifism. It is not avoidance of strife. Never were we instructed to run from conflict, 
to put our heads in the sand, hoping that conflict would just end and just somehow go away. That thinking only uh, uh, delays the inedible. The last thing it is, it is not to be an appeasement of parties. Peacemaking at any price type of mentality uh, or just going and saying, oh, this will just go away somehow is not what a peacemaker is. It's not an accommodation of issues. The person who just glosses over the problem, acting like as if everything is going to be all right when it's not, is not a peacemaker. What we find in this beatitude is that peacemakers calm troubled waters only as they follow him whose voice calmed the storms and stilled the seas. Jesus, is, Jesus in this beatitude fulfilled, for he is the peacemaker. You cannot make peace with others without peace from him, and you cannot be blessed without the blessing that only he gives to you. Peacemakers make peace out of, out of peace out of peace that they have experienced themselves as a result of the gospel that they, uh, and, and their relationship with Jesus. Now, as we ponder the words Jesus together, the words of Jesus together, we need to think carefully about whether or not we are making peace in a world that desperately can use it. It is important to remember that peace in the Bible is always based upon justice and righteousness. Where justice prevails, righteousness rules. There you will always have peace. But without those two virtues, lasting peace is not possible. So looking at the Beatitude, I want you to consider with me. And it brings me to my first point. Peacemakers are active in the pursuit of peace. What Jesus describes is not passivity. It is not peace brokered through inactivity or mere unwillingness to fight for anything. Peacemakers are not simply opposed to fighting. They are not the ones burned their draft card that who will burn their draft cards down Main Street, as quoted by Mer, uh, Merle Haggard. Peacemakers are active and busy, and actually pursuing the truth that they wish to make a missed conflict. And to understand this, notice that they are not waiting for the possibility of peace. They need to make sure that we read this correctly. Jesus did not say, blessed are the peacekeepers. That would paint a picture of someone that is uh, simply not disturbed by anything. They would not be peace breakers. And I suppose that this is commendable, but they also are not peacemakers. Peacemakers seek peace where there is none. They are not simply pacifists who stand aside from who stand aside from any and all conflict. Peacemakers go where there is conflict 
and seek to make peace there. In the Revolutionary War, it said that over 220 chaplains um, would, they would raise their Bibles when they would call for present arms. And that's pretty good picture about peacemakers because they moved with the word of God in the midst of a world war. When peacemakers see discord and strife, they don't run from it, they run to it. They don't like conflict, obviously, but they know that there is conflict. Peace is a must need. In a way, peacemakers are like firefighters. They know fire is dangerous, and they know the damage that it can do. But when something is on fire, they are the ones that go running to it. Peacemakers are not content to just keep their head down while everything is on fire. They want to cease fire, but they will not wait for someone else to draw up the papers. Are you actively working to make peace with others and between others? Are you working in the midst of conflict and discord to create peace? It's easier just to mind your own business, and I get that. But peacemakers, peace is peacemakers' business. And having said that, we have the caveat that this aggressiveness, active pursuit of peace, by recognizing also that when Jesus speaks of peacemakers, behind his word is a reality that they are not weak in the process of peace. Before World War II, when the Treaty of Versailles was essentially overturned, the Archbishop of York said that in a renegotiation of the treaty, Adolf Hitler said, and I quote, made it a great contribution to secure the establishment of peace. Of course, history bore that out. It was a peace negotiated with the devil and a peace that only minded away for more war. The peacemakers of whom Jesus speaks of in this beatitude are not those who seek peace at any cost, especially at the cost of truth. The peacemakers don't make a peace that allows wrong triumph and truth to suffer. They work to make peace that reflects the God for whom and by whom they make it. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 20, the Apostle Paul describes it as work for an ambassador. And he writes this. Now then, we the ambassadors for Christ, as through God, do beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. You see, the peacemakers work as an ambassador for Christ. And the only terms of peace can be ever offered are terms that he spells out. The United States ambassador to China, uh, back, back a, a while back, Mr. Branstad, uh, he worked in China. But his authority came from the United States. 
So he moved about with that authority that the United States have given, had, had given to him. And Mr. Banstead may, uh, may wanted to make peace with the country where he works, but he couldn't do that at the expense of the United States. So we could take that same thought process and know that believers who actively work as peacemakers cannot make peace contrary to the gospel that is contrary to the scripture and contrary to what Jesus Christ is saying to us here. This is important because the world would often have the church roll over and take whatever terms they offer us, sacrificing truth on the altar of a one-sided peace. While we certainly want to make peace, we cannot do so with ingredients other than the ones by which our own peace was made. That leads us to consider a second truth we draw from this beatitude. We find not only that peacemakers are active in the pursuit of peace, but also peacemakers are aided by the presence of peace. While the peacemakers of whom Jesus speaks of in this beatitude are working for the creation of peace, they are not working in a peace vacuum. In fact, the peace they make directly comes from peace that has been made with them and for them. In other words, if you don't already have peace yourself, you won't make it anywhere else with anyone else. Think about that. These peacemakers and the peace that already present, already present in their lives and enables them to make peace around their lives, recognize they experience peace through the gospel. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. I remind you that while the peace he spoke of, these words before a crowd, he spoke them most directly and specifically to his disciples. He is speaking, therefore, to people who believe in him and who are presently following him. Those people who wanted to make peace because Jesus was first made peace for them. In the gospel that makes this beatitude possible, Jesus gives peace to those people. What kind of peace do you have? They have peace with God. They, made, they were enemies of God, but through Jesus and his sacrifice, they have been reconciled to God. And their sinful conflict against him has been resolved. They have peace of God. Knowing they have been reconciled to him, they fear nothing. The world may be brought boiling around them, and trouble may be brewing on every side, but they are unusually settled and at peace. They also then have peace with others. They have forgiven all their enemies because they have been forgiven themselves. They are not at war with anyone but sin, and Satan and otherwise they are peaceable and at peace. As they go into the world to make peace, they don't have to manufacture it, to fake it, to act as if there is peace where there is none. 
They draw from a well of peace that has been opened in their lives through the gospel. They, the smoke was cleared. The battle is over. The war is won. And they are simply spreading the peace that pours out of their own hearts and their lives. Consequently, if, always, if it always seems as if you have some conflict going on with someone around you, always, at, uh, at, at, always fussing with someone somewhere, that might not be so much a reflection of how bad everyone else is, but rather a reflection of how empty you are. The peacemakers have beat their daggers and their knives into serving spoons and they will find feeding their enemies before they will fight them again. These peacemakers have experienced truth and full peace through the gospel. And with that, we recognize they extend peace through the gospel. As I said, the peacemakers don't manufacture peace on their own or of their own. The very, the very means uh, that brought peace into their lives is the same means through which peace flows from their lives. So what do the peacemakers that Jesus has in mind actually do? Do they protest war? Do they interpret arguments? Are they simply bleeding heart meddlers who just want everybody to get along? These peacemakers make peace through the gospel. They don't want war. They don't want arguments. They don't want everyone to get along. But the way they go about pursuing this is first and foremost by telling out and living out the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you don't share your faith, you are not a peacemaker. No matter how many fights you break up. This is true because no matter what the cause of the conflict, the cure is the gospel. And if warring parties simply put their fists down, there is still another fight soon to come. And unless their hearts are changed and they follow Jesus, it's going to be inevitable. I'm not saying that peacemakers don't make, uh, do nothing but share the gospel, but I am saying that nothing they do will fully bring peace without the gospel. Nations have signed peace treaties and still hate each and still hate each other. So much afterwards as when the bullets and bombs were firing. A treaty may cease the firing, but only the gospel can make enemies love one another and make families out of four former foes. That leads leads to seeing something further in this beatitude. We recognize not only that peacemakers are active in the pursuit of peace and that peacemakers are aided by the presence of peace, but we also find that peacemakers are associated with the prince of peace. As with the, as with the beat, as with of these beatitudes that Jesus gives, there is a promise attached to the blessing of being a peacemaker. This particular uh, promise is arguably the most amazing of them all. It says, blessed 
are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The only begotten son of God said that peacemakers will join him in the family of God and become sons and daughters of God themselves. We join Jesus when we become peacemakers. We are associated with him in his work and his identity. Consider with me and think of what this promise means. It means that we follow the first of the peacemakers. Long before Jesus, the prophet Isaiah predicted that he would be called the Prince of Peace. One day when he returns to the reign to reign on this earth, his kingdom will be a kingdom of everlasting peace. But even before that day comes, he has earned his title as Prince of Peace by being the first among the peacemakers. Listen carefully to how the Apostle Paul describes it, peacemaking work uh, of Jesus in Colossians 1, 20 through 21. He wrote this, And having made peace through the blood of the cross, by him to reconcile all things unto him, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yea, now hath been reconciled. Jesus went to the violent, vicious death on the cross as a peacemaker. He went there to reconcile a holy God with his sinful and rebellious creatures. As the perfect man, his righteousness satisfied the demands of God. As the sinless sacrifice, his death satisfied the payment of sinners. The cross becomes the place where sinners are reconciled to God. It marks the end of the long conflict that began in Eden. It is where peace on earth comes to the battlefield of earth and where the rebellious soldiers become beloved sons. Those who follow Jesus, therefore, have sided with peace. They have accepted the gracious terms of peace from heaven, and now they extend these gracious terms through their lives on earth. In other words, the first peacemaker makes peacemakers out of us. His cross becomes the ground zero of peace, but that peace spreads out into our homes, our jobs, our communities, our country, and our world. If you as a believer are really following him, peace will follow you. Your life will no longer be marked by hostility, but by civil, civility and generosity and mercy. Ephesians 6.15 calls for us to put our feet into the shoes prepared with the gospel of peace. Believers don't walk around in combat boots, ready to battle anyone who crosses them. 
they are following a savior who has made peace for them. And when they are in his steps, they don't stop. They walk in peace. And the promise of Matthew 9 not only teaches us that we are following the first of peacemakers, but also that we form the family of peacemakers. Again, we read that peacemakers are truly happy and really blessed because they shall be called children of God. Jesus said that peacemakers shall be called children of God, but not exactly will call them that. But who will, who will exactly call them that? That's important. Apostle John speaks of it in 1 John 3 and 1. He wrote, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we shall be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. If you are a peacemaker in this world, you will quickly find that not everyone wants peace and not everyone will recognize that you as recognize you as a child of God when you try to make peace. But it's important but what is important is that your father in heaven calls you his child. He sees you seeking to make peace and he smiles with pleasure on you as you do so the peacemakers are forming a family alongside their elder brother Jesus we are setting up a family resemblance that may not immediately be apparent to our world but it is clear to God and it ought to be clear to us as believers what this means is that if there is anywhere where there ought to be peace, it is in this family. If there is anyone who ought to be at peace with one another, it is the brothers and sisters of Jesus. And as I begin to close, do you know the peacemaker? Have you come into relationship with Jesus? the Prince of Peace. Our Lord is on a recruiting mission this afternoon. He's looking for a few volunteers to join God's Peace Corps. He's looking for a few good men and women who will go spread God's peace all over the world. So much war, so much strife, so much pain exists in the world. That means there is plenty, and I mean plenty, of work for me and for you to do. Will you take up the mantle of peacemaker? Every tiny step, every pure action receives God's blessing. How do you get involved in the world? Be a peacemaker.
what will you be called? A son of God. God, I ask you right now to bestow peace upon us that passes all of our understanding. God, I ask that you reach out right now into the cyber world and touch someone in their screen. Touch their hearts. Cause them to go have adult conversations. To make amends with a brother or sister, a mother or a father, a coworker. You see, God challenges us all to be peacemakers. He challenges us when, when we've wronged someone or we've been wrong to go and make peace. And I pray right now, God, that peace falls fresh on all of those who are watching their screens right now. God, I ask that you just provide this world with peace that so desperately needs it. And God, that peace starts with us as individuals. And I pray right now that if you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins, and that if your life has been rough and rocky and you can't just seem to find that peace, confess it right now. Confess it right now to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ask him for the peace from his son, the peacemaker. Allow him to enter into your hearts. And when you've done that, that's the first step. And you are now welcomed into the fellowship with Jesus. I pray right now that you find that peace that you've been searching for. I pray that that peace gives you rest at night. I pray that that peace steadies your troubled mind. I pray that that peace brings you reconciliation. God, we thank you. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.